Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. With me tonight, it's the host of Fast Break Breakfast and Grits and Grind, a show about the Memphis Grizzlies. Keith Parrish. Keith, what's up? Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Glad to fill in. Yes. Man, I, I would I would love to have Keith Parrish fill in on every podcast I do, I'll tell you that. You gotta go listen to Keith. If you're not if you're not listening to Grits and Grind, first of all, go do it because the Grizzlies are delightful and it's a delightful show. So go do that. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. I would say Andrew to podcast with you. The last time I podcasted with you, the Grizzlies went on a seven game win streak. So Ooh. since then, it things have been going pretty good for in Grizzlies land. So here we go. I don't know what's going to happen after this one, but I assume it's going to be good <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, let's start at MSG tonight where the Nets make a furious comeback to beat the Knicks. One ten to 98. Keith, these poor Knicks. These poor Knicks fans, they're just trying to have a fun night of basketball in their city. You got R.J. Barrett playing well, Alec Burks doing his stuff, Jericho Sims throwing bullet passes to Obi Toppin in the corner. Like, you're feeling real good. And then the third quarter hits, and it's uh, it's Kevin Durant time. I give the Knicks a lot of credit for not packing it in on the season. Like some other teams, they're going for wins. They're trying to compete. <laughs> they had the Nets on the ropes, they did. the Nets are struggling in this play-in seeding battle. A couple of days ago, they were in 10th. Things were looking good. You're like, all right, we got the Knicks. The Knicks have nothing to play for. We can take care of business. And the Nets find themselves down by 21. Mm -hmm. That's a huge story. But alas, uh, the Knicks rotation was about seven deep, and they kind of ran out of gas. I don't know if those things are, there's a correlation there. But yeah, the third quarter happened. The fourth quarter was even worse. I believe it was 38 to 16 in favor of the Nets in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The poor Knicks only managed 31 second half points and the Nets escape with a very extremely important victory from them. Very important. This could it, it like could have been the difference of having to win one or two games in the play-in tournament, which is a giant thing when it's just a one game deal. Anything can happen, especially when we're talking about playing. And we're going to talk about him later. You play Trey Young, you play LaMelo. Like, anything can happen in one game. Well, I would say specifically, yes, that that statement holds true for most NBA teams, but it feels particularly true for a team like the Hornets and the Hawks who can hit 23s on any night. And if you hit 23s, yep. you win. So that one game playoff aspect of it becomes, it feels even more volatile with such powerful offensive teams like Charlotte and Atlanta. Yeah. Speaking of threes, Patty Mills was back tonight, back from the dead. He had five threes off the bench. Getting Seth Curry back is, is huge for this team. Not only is he somebody who spaces the floor that he's going to hit threes, but He's also that somebody that can take a little bit of the ball handling duties. They've had Dragic out, they've had Curry out, so it's the the offensive flow felt a, a little bit better tonight for the Nets in the second half. I'm not like super confident in the Nets, and I know yeah. all the caveats if they have KD and Kyrie. I don't honestly feel like the teams at the top of the East are that worried about the Nets. I don't know how you can be. Ben Simmons is not coming back. This team is so shallow. Their depth is so poor. And yeah, like, all right, if Seth Curry and Patty Mills are knocking down shots, sure, they could put a scare in a team maybe for a couple games. But the idea of maybe them putting it all together for multiple games, I'm, I'm a bit dubious, a little bit skeptical. 
Keith, it's play-in night on the Daily Ding, so let's move on to Atlanta, where the Hawks beat the Wizards 118-103. to Kind of a close game, up until about six minutes left in the third quarter. I think it was like 76-70, to and then Trey Young just goes ballistic. He scores 16 of the Hawks' final 18 points in the period. He stretched their their lead to 95-83, and that kind of felt like that was it. He is putting in, I think, a slightly too late push to one of those all NBA teams. I don't know, just his narrative, I don't know, oomph wasn't there earlier in the season. It felt like they they were a little bit disappointing. Since they've basically gotten over all their health and safety protocol issues they had on their team, they've been pretty solid. They've been amazing at home recently, and Trey Young keeps putting up these 30-point 10-assist nights. He, He had another one on Wednesday night, and now... The Hawks are, you know, like they're kind of coming into their own. You know, like if you feel like teams are trying to avoid the Nets, I feel like I might be more scared of what Trey Young and the Hawks are doing right now. Yeah, I I don't know that I would in a series, but certainly in a play-in situation, like I would be trying to maneuver myself away from Trey Young and all these shooters that they have around him. You know, when when Gallinari is cooking like he was tonight, Gallinari had 26 and 10 tonight. He looked great. Uh, Kevin Herter um, is also kind of struggled lately, but he's a guy that you feel like could get 20 in a game. Like you just, yeah. just want to avoid those. This I, I would want to avoid this Hawks team. Yeah. And I've, also, their pedigree just from last season, you know they can yeah. put it together. You know they can go on a run. But like, this play-in is so interesting. Like The Cavaliers just feel like everyone's forgotten about him. We've given up on him. I certainly, I have given up on him. Like, maybe prove mm-hmm. me wrong, Cleveland. I've given up on them. And it's kind of like which one of those between the Nets and the Hawks ends up in that single game, in that 9-10 game, where, hey, listen, it's it's win or go home. And then you have these huge games. The Nets play the Cavs uh, coming up in their next game. So that's yep. going to be a massive one to see who gets to host that 7-8 game. And I know the Hawks still have designs of probably hoping, hoping to get into that. So they're not in that have-to-win-two-games scenario. They have a little bit of leeway uh, in the play-in. Yeah, Brooklyn has Cleveland, which is a giant game, and then they play Indiana, which they will win that game because Indiana does not want to win that game. And then Atlanta has Miami and Houston. So one gimme, and like that Miami game is is giant for the Well, Hawks. I don't even know which one's the gimme. Like Miami, it seems like they possibly could have the one seed in hand, but also like I think the Rockets, their tankathon spot is essentially secured. Jalen Green is on an unbelievable heater, becoming the first rookie since Allen Iverson to have five straight games where he scores 30 points. I'd be scared of, like, the Rockets in a situation like that. Oh, come on. They've lost five in a row. Come on. I don't know. I I still think (laughs) this is weird, man. It's April. Strange things happen. You have... This is... It is weirdo time. You have guys named Jamorco Pickett and what was this other one? The Pistons were playing guys I never heard of and the guys were all knocking down shots. Yeah, it is. It is definitely weirdo time. I mean, the Thunder beat a team last just last night, playing six guys, two of them whom Thunder fans didn't even know who they were. Yeah. So, by the way, Braxton Key was lighting it up for the Pistons Braxton tonight. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I know we we don't have time to talk about your Thunder giving up. Was it a twenty six to four run to end the game uh, oh. using guys they just signed off the street that day? Incredible stuff. 
Um, oh, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the Mavs. Let's okay. just move on. Talk about the Mavs. The Mavs dismantle the Pistons 131 to 113. Luca with 26, 8, 14. And then Cade Cunningham with 25, 7, and 9. Just really fun performances from both of them. The Mavs move within half a game of Golden State, who's in the third spot in the West. Uh, of this kind of grouping, we have Golden State, Dallas, Utah, Denver. It's kind of this, we don't know who's going to be in, in what spot yet, but is there anybody in that group that you like better than the other? I think I like the Mavericks the most. I, yeah. I, I'm i a little bit dubious of the Warriors, but you, you could fairly criticize me to say I've been dubious of them all year, even when they were playing really, really well. So maybe it's just confirmation bias that because of injury and whatever else reason, they haven't had a great second half of the year. Um, but I feel like Dallas just knows who they are. They play great half-court defense, and yep. they like to play slow, and so maybe their game is tailor-made for the playoffs. So I feel like when that team, when they're knocking shots down, you know, they're extremely tough to beat, and they can possibly beat anyone. But I guess the flip side of that is, all right, you know what you're going to get from Luka. Can a guy who has the ball in his hands that much if teams have a week to game plan and focus on him and then it shifts to, okay, let's make Spencer Dinwiddie beat us. Let's make Jalen Brunson beat us. Let's make Reggie Bullock beat us. Is Dorian Finney-Smith, he's had a great defensive year. He's had a good year shooting the basketball. Is he going to knock down his threes in the playoffs? And then it becomes more of a question mark. As far as like Utah, I mean, they're all up in the air. They've been the subject of a lot of discussion this week about the number of times Donovan Mitchell passes to Gobert and their coach and team. They're all upset about this dialogue. <laughs> I don't believe in the Nuggets unless the Nuggets are getting more help. Like, I, I love Nikola Jokic, yeah. but, like, I just don't think they can do it when it actually matters yeah. in the postseason. Because there's, like, their second-best players, Will Barton. I mean, what are you, what are you right. supposed to do? What are you supposed to do there? <laughs> like, Jokic can't do everything, I don't think. So I think of those teams, you know, if you showed me a totally healthy Steph Curry... And a totally healthy Draymond. I changed my tune possibly, but yeah, of those teams, I am most fearful or have the most respect right now for the for Dallas. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out, birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Boston beats the Bulls to move up to the two seed in the Eastern Conference, 117-94. to 
Tatum with 16, 10, and 8. How do you you feel about the Beantown boys right now? Well, they're a little bit up and down since they lost Robert Williams. Everyone had basically gone on this entire, we'd all like written our theses of why the Celtics maybe are the favorite to come yeah. out of the East. And then with Time Lord going down, it's now kind of up in the air. I think they have as good a shot as maybe those other, like maybe among the top four teams. Like it's kind of a shakeup for me as far as the Bucks or the Heat. And I might put the Celtics still over the Sixers, assuming mm-hmm. the Celtics are getting Time Lord back for the second round. Um, but like Daniel Tice can fill in in a pinch. Al Horford had a nice game against the Bulls. The Bulls are not the same caliber of a team as the Celtics are. And so I do feel like, you know, like, are the Celtics angling to get that three spot so they can play the the Bulls? I think a lot of teams wouldn't mind having the three spot in the East. Although, I mean, sacrificing home court advantage in the second round, probably not worth it to uh, just get that choice matchup <laughs> with the Bulls right. in, in, in the first round. So maybe ignore all that. Yeah, I think the Celtics are quite good. And obviously, if they get fully healthy by the second round of the playoffs, I think they have as good a shot as anybody to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. Yeah, you still have Milwaukee and the Sixers just half a game back of Boston. So this is far from done. And you have Boston-Milwaukee matching up what would be tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday. So huge, huge playoff implications still going on, which is great because we're we're a week away from this all being over. And it's just kind of cool for there still to be games that matter. Yeah, and some of them on TNT don't matter. So sorry, Lakers Warriors. He doesn't. I guess Warriors. You need to win. You're trying to hold off the Mavericks. Um, Lakers enjoy your vacation. Right. Is LeBron going for the scoring title? Nope. Don't don't even talk about it. I'm not even going to let you talk no, about it. No. We're going to move on to these last two games where the Jazz beat the Oklahoma City Blue 137 to 101, and the full strength Clippers destroy the Suns as they sit their stars. And that's going to do it for today's show. Point of contention is next. Keith, send us out. Ding, ding.